A musical adventure. New artists, new musicians, and everyone involved in the world of music. Live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This is J Rod Concerts the Podcast with your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Let's find out what we have this episode. Hey, hey, hey. How's everybody doing? Welcome to a new episode of J Rod Concerts the Podcast. This is your host, this in every episode, Jamie Rodriguez. Hope everyone is doing great. Wherever you are listening, thank you for joining us on this and every episode. Always humbled and grateful for your support. And uh, lots going on in J-Rod Concerts world. Make sure to subscribe to our newsletter, jrodconcertsmedia.com, to get in it. We also have uh, the five new songs you should know each week. So, um, yeah, we'd love your support. Now, today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, great band out of Philadelphia, seven-piece brass-heavy funk, punk, jazz, pop, R&B influences all over. They're exploding on the scene. Saw them last year at Firefly Music Festival. They are called Snack Time, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Snack Time uh, was created really at the height of COVID, performing free shows kind of in public spaces in Philadelphia. And they've grown to be local symbols of positivity and movement and great music. They, uh, they perform a lot in events like the Philadelphia 76ers um, Arena. And also they've been uh, featured on the Today Show, NPR Music, Good Morning America, and lots more. Uh, they're also in top-of-the-line festivals. Like I mentioned, they were in um, in Firefly and, and a whole lot more. Uh, so we're thrilled to join them. You know, the band includes Sam Gellerstein on sousaphone, Ben Stalker on tenor saxophone, Michael Spearman on trombone, Eric Sherman on trumpet, Larry Monroe Jr. on guitar, Austin Marlowe on drums, and Yase Fura Ali on alto saxophone. And uh, this interview is amazing. The guys opened up a lot about uh, the genesis of the band, you know, the chemistry of them, how it all started, um, you know, how important music is in their life, in their head. And, uh, you know, just this is snack time, like you've never heard them before. So uh, thank you guys for joining. If you want to find out more information about them, www.snacktimephilly.com. Hey, what's going on? Michael and Sam in the flesh. Ben and Michael's downstairs. Oh my God, we have all the legends here. <laughs> How's it going? Snack time. You know, guys, we love snack time. We saw you guys at Firefly. Oh, awesome. It hasn't been the same, guys. I mean, you guys are changing the game with your live performances. Everyone is raving about you guys. So it's great to see you guys. Thank you for joining on this relaxing week, kind of. Yeah, of course, oh, man. Of course. We yeah, actually yeah. mistakenly put it in um, the, 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 art, the date for um, Christmas. And I, I texted Ben. I'm like, are we really doing this on Christmas? And he's like, no. And then we looked it up. And we saw us today. <laughs> guys, I, I, I mean, there's so many things I want to ask you guys because you guys are taking the world by storm. But I mean, first of all, I got to ask, for example, I don't know, Sam and Ben, you guys are best friends. You guys have been best friends for a while now. How does the day start? You know, because you're sitting there right now, you're looking chill, you're waiting for this interview, but you two have had every conversation in the book. You've been friends for a long time. Are you always talking about music? Is that like the constant denominator? Like, are you debating who's the best Motown artist of all time? You know, like kind of that kind of stuff. Man, I wish it was that fun. Um, so actually, 
ironically enough, Ben and I just got back from a meeting with um with my girlfriend as well. We're working on a, a project together. So we just did a two hour meeting before this. We started texting at what, 8 a.m. today? Because he came to meet me and we drove together to the other meeting. So our days typically are, uh, did you answer that email? Did you see that email? Or um, we need to do something else for snack time. So it's not typically about music, unfortunately. It's unbelievable, you know, because, and, and by the way, Sam, I don't know how you do all this stuff because you're in so many ensembles. I, I mean, you've been in so many bands, you know, Yellow 11, the whole fat, all that whole thing. Man, like, how do you keep organized? Like, what is the secret of Sam Geller staying for organization in 2023? Uh, my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I actually have since typically, um, since, since, since during snack time, I've kind of pared down a lot of my life and really just made it about snack time. And we, we, for the most part in the whole ensemble have really started to kind of make this our priority. So, yeah. Um, basically it's been, um, it's been just about kind of focusing and making sure that we are, uh, taking care of business. So that's kind of why a lot of the other ensembles, I mean, me and Mike actually just did a Christmas gig together. We did a whole day's worth of Christmas gigs, but for the most part, um, I'm focusing on, on snack time. That's how I'm able to stay organized. Cause this is a lot last Absolutely. year, I, last year I was teaching as well as gigging and doing snack time and it got to be too much. So that's why I made the decision to do full-time snack time. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense, Sam. And Ben, but Ben, the reason why I asked about if you can ever, you know, not talk about music is, you know, I always have songs in my head, uh, but I would imagine musicians like yourselves, guys, you know, you've been doing this your whole life. It's not like at another level, like, you know, you, you know, you just can't turn it off. Like your girlfriend, your family during Christmas, it's like, Sam, Ben, oh, yeah. why are you always thinking about music? I would imagine that's the case, no? Yeah, there's, there's definitely always music in our heads. Actually, funny enough like the the music that's been stuck in my head recently is like we've been we started to rehearse a lot more and we've been writing our music and singing it and 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 just like focusing on original stuff and that has been some for some reason just gets stuck in my head way more than than other music, other music. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean i love that i love that guys and you know 2022 was like a banner year for you guys. I mean, I don't even know where to start. We can spend 10 minutes going through your accolades, but I mean, Good Morning America, the Today Show, NPR was raving about you guys. Has this kind of like two-week period in December where everyone slows down a little bit, has this been like a good time for you guys to kind of like, you know, not accelerate as much and kind of like look at each other and understand like what you are accomplishing? Mike, you want to take it? Um, I don't know about for these guys specifically, but for me, I'd say um, no, because <laughs> um, we're, we're all in album mode at this point. There's so yeah. many projects going on. There's so many things to do. Like even what you just said, like is music constantly on your mind? Like I've got like 50 unnamed recordings in my phone of just new songs. I just adding new parts to adding new parts to getting in logic, writing things out, writing out new parts, thinking yeah. about the next snack time rehearsal, thinking about the album, like studying TikToks. Cause you know what I mean? Like trying to figure out social media. Like it's just, we're just staying on top of it, trying to stay on top of it. So that when in the later, in the later game, when things are running again and up and running and out of winter, then yeah. we can hit the ground running. You know what I mean? I love it. I love it. And for my audio audience that can't see, Michael Sperman, of course, trombone. And he, Michael, th thanks for chiming in because it, it really looks right now like you're coming out of a cave of creativity right now. <laughs> it, it looks like you're in the lab 100%, man. I mean, that's, that's what's going on, right? Like you got the headphones on, like no distraction zone. 
Absolutely. I've got a keyboard, a bass, there's a guitar back there, there's another a second trombone. I just come down here and I just, just get into it. I write, I just get programs, try to learn these new different synths and whatnot. See, what can I do? What, what, what new plugins can I add to my trombone? What new sounds can I, can I make that can, like, I can add to the snack time? Like, what can I use to elevate us further? Amazing. Amazing. And Michael, how did you meet Sam and Ben? Because Sam and Ben, they knew each other from, you know, when there were many toddlers. How did you guys connect with you, Mike? Right. So I actually met Sam at, um, what was this? It was like some Thanksgiving shed or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I was um, playing with um, a band called uh, the Origin Band. Um, and I was in the house band and Mike came to the jam session afterwards. And um, for some reason, when I first met Mike, I thought like he was going to be like, a mean person because he... He, he just kind of looked like he had like this, like, I'm going to come, but he ended up being one of the sweetest people I, I know, one of my, one of my closest people I work with. So, yeah. Amazing. And, Sa and Sam and Ben, you guys have told this story a million times, but for my audience that may not know it, I mean, you guys knew each other from childhood, but when did you guys, when did you guys discover that you could take this beyond like a friendship that you had discovered like a unique sound, something like one in a billion that you could take to that next level, you know? I think I think that happened once we all got together as a group. The, the it started with the six of us, um, and then it it we expanded to the seven of us once we added Larry on guitar. But I think you know Sam and I had had done a lot of things like we we used to have like a little bar we would run out of our house and like we we always were kind of like scheming some ideas. I don't know. At some point we wanted to start a beef jerky company, um, but we didn't do it. Uh, so maybe on the business side, we were always scheming, but um, musically, it was really once the six of us came together, started playing out on the streets, playing in, in the park in, in Philly. Um, due to COVID, uh, we just started doing it over and over and over again, and the sound started developing. And I think that's when it clicked that like, oh, this is something different. This is something cool. People like this. Yeah. Um, so it, it really took like the whole ensemble of, of all the guys coming together and make music together for it to like, you know, light bulb to go off. A lot of the, a lot of the songs we will start like me and Mike will get together and we'll write out like a demo in Logic at my house or Mike will come together with a song or Ben will come together with a song. And the songs are good, but once they all get into the room together for us all to kind of put our own two cents into it really is when it becomes like, the amazing songs that you hear like it really does take everyone in the band to make the songs as amazing as they are amazing amazing sam but you know it's incredible everything you're saying and sam i want to ask you this just because you know you're in the jazz orchestra of philadelphia the tri-state area you've been all over the place how do you know you know we're in nashville there's so many like so many talented musicians like talent is not just talent is what i'm saying how do you know you know, the perfect ingredients that is Michael, that is Sam, that is the rest of the guys, like to make this perfect cake of what you guys are creating. Like how, like, how do you know, you know, cause it's not the talent, isn't it? I don't think it's the talent. I, I, I've had a, be, being that we're all music school kids, we all went to college. There's many, many, many talented musicians and it's not about the talent. It's about, it's about the care that you give to the people you're playing for. It's about the willingness to work together and to make sacrifices for something bigger than yourself. And I think that that's what it takes. It takes humility. It takes love. It takes compassion. And I think that as long as like, technically speaking, you could, you're proficient on your instrument. I think that it really is about, it's not about every single person playing and fast and powerful and, 
it's about everyone getting together to do their own part to make the whole sound more beautiful. I love it. Man. Very well said. Michael, let me bring you the, in for this one. Um, seeing you guys at Firefly, the connection that you guys had with the audience, it was, you know, we, we cover festivals and it's something that is very rare. It's why you do it, to see that kind of magic, what you guys did. And you captured it in the album, Sound from the Street Life, which is out now, by the way, 10 incredible songs. Um, Michael, first of all, like, how do you how do you get into state, into that mental, physical state that comes across in the album and that you guys also, like, from what I saw, came across on stage? It was really mag magical connection there. I think for me, I can't speak for everyone, but I know for me, I have a special connection where I just, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm a little bit of a show off. I, I like, I love <laughs> when... I like when I play something and I hear people go, ooh, or if I just look in the audience and I see people smiling and having a really yeah. good time, like I know I'm doing my my job. Like that's why one of the like I used to play a lot of weddings. One of the, I love weddings. Why? Because you're playing and everyone's dancing and having a really good time, and you know it's because they're jamming along with you. So when you get on stage, my, the number one thing I love to do, the number one thing that I think we're all focused on is making sure that not just everyone on stage. But more importantly, everyone beyond the stage, everyone in the audience, everyone in the pit, every all the members of the staff, all the security guards, all the waitresses, all everybody is having a really good time. And I think that's just that makes it worth it for me, at least. That's a high compliment when people are when when like the bartender's like, yo, I've done like 120 weddings this year, and you guys are by far the best music I've heard. That's <laughs> it's amazing. But Mike and Sam and Ben as well. I mean, but how do you and this is like, I'm curious, I'm not a musician, I have lots of musician friends, but I'm not a musician. How do you disconnect if you're having a shit day? Like, <laughs> let's say you're on the way to a gig and someone, you know, someone hits your car or whatever the fuck is happening in life because life is issues. How do you guys always are able to, you know, kind of unplug and create that connection on stage? Like, it's it's unbelievable. So this is something really actually that that's kind of big for me. When I was in college, I dealt with pretty severe anxiety issues and wasn't necessarily always very forthcoming or honest about it. And I had a teacher who told me, he goes, well, listen, as you're, you know, it's your job as the performer that no matter what you're doing, if you're having a shit day, if your girlfriend breaks up with you, if your dog dies, like at the end of the day, if you decide to play this performance, it is your duty to kind of put it all out there. Right. And you have to really just put yourself aside and realize that once you've decided to be on stage and to, to do the job that, you know, and it's not to say you can't have bad days, but it's, you know, you really need to put your effort and your, and your soul into making a beautiful performance. Cause you decided you were going to do good work that day. I love it. Man. Yeah. No, I think, and, and, oh, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Uh, I was going to say, if there's a good example of that, I think uh, this year, actually, there was a performance that we had outside. I forgot somewhere in Philly um, and we were in a little amphitheater and that day my uncle died. And I went on stage. I, I was just sad. I was like close to tears all day. I went on stage and I was I was with the guys. I wasn't really feeling it. And and when the performance started, I don't know what song it was. We started playing a song and I literally had to stop playing like a couple times just because like to hold the tears back. And after that show, I felt so much better. So in a way, music is also healing. So like for at least for both me. Both ways. Exactly. It goes both yeah. ways. Beautiful. Beautiful. Ben, take us a little bit um, into the, the creating of the recording of um, Sounds from the Street Life, because it, it's a really magical album. I mean, we, we love all 10 songs. I mean, Purple Rain, just finishing with that is like dropping the mic shit right there. <laughs> but um, but Ben, take us a little bit like how was the recording that like were you guys in a studio audience? Like how was how was that yeah. like? Yeah. So 
we basically wanted to make sure we captured the real experience of what we do. So, um, you know, at, at that point, all of our stuff had been live. Like we, we really started just playing in front of people, seeing what happens and, and never being, I mean, for the first year, we didn't even play at a venue. So we were really, really the true raw live experience. So that was important to us, but it was another element that we really wanted to capture was um, like the food and drink element of snack time. And it's a huge thing. Like we, we've thrown tons of events where it's a true like snack time party. You come to this picnic, we get you the food, we get you the drink, the ice cream, all like custom stuff that's, that's picked out by us. And, and that was a really important part of the recording session. So the way we did it was everyone got to the studio. All we had, I think a hundred people, 120 people, 125 people each night in the studio to watch us. They'd get there and for the first hour, they're eating delicious food. They're drinking wine and cocktails that we poured. Talking like and they're hanging out. It's it's food, community. And then we would show up, we'd come out, and we would play the whole set down, just one take each song. Um, no overdubs. We just did the, the the whole set, top to bottom, and we did that for three nights in a row. And from there, you know, we just picked our favorite takes and it was the real, real experience, you know. It's an incredible album, guys. And, you. you know, you guys got a lot going on and uh, I, I want to let you guys go. With, but Sam, before I let you go, you know, Snack Time is, you know, it's got all this momentum. It's, it, you know, the name is, is is big now, not only in Philly, but like, you know, in the, in the funk pop world in here in Nashville. Like, you guys are a really great spot right now. What are you guys, you know, doing in 2023? Uh, you know, like to take that next step. And I mean, you know, what pattern are you breaking? You know, what limiting belief are you breaking through to like, just keep growing with, with where you guys are headed? So we, we feel so extremely lucky that we have been able to surmount the amount of success that we've gotten with, with no, no management, no, no help, no record label, no nothing. I think in 2023, we're going to move on to kind of like further legitimizing ourselves and to get that help sort of breakthrough industry connections that we can't necessarily do without, you know, publicists and, um, you know, you know, management and all that. So we're going to start to do that. We're really trying to, to, to uh, not necessarily make ourselves sparser in Philadelphia, but make our, um, make our performances a little bit more um, like, we, we, we did probably a hundred plus gigs just in Philly this year, playing anything from like funerals to bars to restaurant closings to like all this stuff. So we're trying to really make ourselves a little bit more, um, you know, just give ourselves more time and to get out of Philadelphia a little bit and to kind of spread the love and make sure that people know who we are outside of our, our markets. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're trying to do is just really bring the message, uh, bring the message worldwide. Well, Sam, Ben, Michael, you guys have a champion in Nashville. Come play Nashville. We need that unity, that that sound that you guys have. We'd love to have it. And we're actually uh, we're playing um, on in Ardmore um, in Philly with uh, Devin Gilfillian, who oh, is based great in friend, great and, friend of yeah, ours. We, we love Devin and Ray Mason from Nashville is a friend of ours. Amazing. Playing with, with Devin, so we definitely want to come to Nashville as soon as possible. Yep, amazing, amazing. Shout out to Devin there, but uh, yeah, guys, thank you for your time. Send food to Michael. Send water to Michael. You know, make sure that like he's. <laughs> He comes out of the cave there with, with the hits intact. <laughs> yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you so Thank much, you. man. Thank you. Take care.
You have been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Thank you for tuning in.